Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome to a concurrent episode of The Awakened Man and The Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today over at The Cinema Rag. I am releasing this on a Monday, which is a rarity because I never release here on a Monday, but I thought I'd do a special episode about me. Uh, not, not to be like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. It's all about me. I know. It's, it's not like this narcissistic thing, but at the same time, I think, well, you know, this is a new feed, so maybe you want to know a little backstory about me and unless you've listened to all I don't know 140 episodes of the cinema rag that I've done since January where I do drop some clues and hints about my personal life especially in episodes with May you might not know anything about me and maybe you want to know about me and if you don't want to know about me that's great because this episode won't really talk about movies it's just going to talk about kind of my past and what made me love the variety of things that I do at the Eclectico Gregorio and if you're interested in the four feeds, there is the link in the episode notes for eclecticogregorio.com, and you can check out all the feeds, but they're all on Apple and Spotify. Either way, who am I? I am a man. I am 49 years old. My birthday is in January, so I will turn the big 5-0. Luckily, I think I've stayed in shape, maybe because I listened to the advice I give in the Awakened Man podcast, which is mostly on holistic health and so forth, and I... Love to run. I've been a runner since I lost my weight. I, I was morbidly overweight as a child and an adolescent. I lost that weight during my junior year in high school. And so I've lost over 100 pounds and I've kept it off for 32-ish years. I love running. And luckily, I've never had major injuries in the last 30-something years. So I, I can run pretty, I would say pretty fast for a 49-year-old, but I can do a nine-mile, a nine-minute clip for five miles. I run five miles at an indoor track every other day. And I just put on some music. And I think you would be very embarrassed by the music that I put on a playlist. See, some guys like to listen to like rap or something that gets you all like worked up. I listen to female pop. I know it's or 80s new wave. I know, but I guess it's whatever gets you going. So uh, I'd like to work out. I love soccer. That's probably my favorite sport to keep up with, especially international soccer and in particular the clubs in Europe. So I am a big fan of. Mostly I keep up with La Liga and Serie A, which are the Spanish and Italian club soccer, club leagues. Uh, and I do keep up with the Premier League, which is in England. My favorite club team is Real Madrid, but it's really Real Madrid of 10 years ago. I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of teetering because I don't like who's really on the team. And I do keep up with the U.S. men's national team, and I do root for the teams that our players are on. So Christian Pulisic, for example, Captain America is likely going to go to AC Milan. So I will support them, even though typically in Italy, I support Roma, which those of you who love soccer are totally bored. So we'll change the subject. I also do like pro football. I was born and raised in Texas. I still live in Texas. I live in central Texas, but I grew up in Houston. So I'm a fan of, I used to be a fan of the Oilers until they got moved. And now I'm a fan of the Texans, even though they're wretchedly bad. I don't really keep up with baseball and basketball anymore. When I was a kid, I was a big Rockets fan. I loved Akeem Olajuwon. And then I moved to Alaska in the 90s, and I kind of lost touch with uh, the Astros and the Rockets. And I'm not a big fan of the Astros because they're cheaters who were un unapologetic and never gave back that second title. 
I have two brothers. One of them lives in Vermont. The other one lives in Houston. I have a mother who's still alive. She lives in Houston. And my father passed away 14 years ago of an aneurysm. It was quite sudden. My brother loves the Astros. And I've told him how I can't support the Astros until they're truly contrite. See, truly contrite is not like, oh, yeah, you know, some of the players come out like, oh, yeah, sorry we did this. Truly contri true contrition is giving the title away completely. But they're not going to do that. And some people believe the phrase, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. I think Jim Rome was the one who came up with that phrase. I don't agree with that. Call me a moralist, but I think that the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. And certainly we're all going to fall. But when we do fall, we should ask for repentance. Either way, my father was a doctor. He was a cancer doctor, uh, not an oncologist, but a pathologist. So he was more of a diagnosis doctor. As I mentioned, my, I grew up in Houston. My parents were Mexican immigrants. Uh, they both were born and raised in Mexico, and they moved to America legally in the 1960s when my father got a work permit to work at hospitals in Chicago. And eventually they settled in Houston because he was offered a job at a cancer hospital in Houston. So my parents moved down here in mid-60s, late 60s. My older brother was born in Houston, and I was born later. So I'm the youngest of three I don't have an accent because I was raised on pure American culture. And my eldest brother did have a, an accent when he spoke English because he was the oldest and he's, Spanish was his first language. And I think my parents made kind of a commitment to then afterwards make sure that my kids knew, that their kids knew English before Spanish. And I think that's to a certain extent a detriment because my parents would speak to me in Spanish and I would reply to them in English. Of course, that was my choice. They didn't make me do that. And because of that, I, I understand Spanish very well, like 95% of Spanish, especially if it's not like street slang, Mexican Spanish. But speaking it, I'm probably at a 65% proficiency. So I can speak it, but I'm just, it's not something that I really roll out unless I'm in Spain or Mexico. The rest of my family, extended family, all live in Mexico. So I am Mexican-American. I guess I'm first-generation American. What else? Growing up, I loved food. My family was not perfect. I've talked about this over at one of the Eclectical Gregorio Feeds, Confessions of an Obese Child. Uh, the reasons that led me to obesity, but that's neither here nor there. Eventually, growing up, I did watch a lot of 80s stuff. I was a big fan of Voltron, G.I. Joe, Transformers, He-Man, but I also loved Three's Company, The Brady Bunch. You know, back then they would just show uh, syndicated shows in the afternoon after tell, after school. We didn't really have cable. I, I, we had we had HBO. I do remember having HBO like in the mid '80s because I would watch The Beastmaster and Kroll, the original Clash of the Titans. I mean, HBO back in the '80s was nothing to brag about. So I was one of those kids that, like a lot of fat kids, I just looked at a lot of screens and God blessed me with an eidetic memory. So I wouldn't say it's like a pure eidetic memory, but I, I remember a lot of things. I remember a lot of things. And so that's one of the reasons I can talk about movies is because I just remember a lot of things. Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20, 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. So I didn't have a lot of friends in elementary school and middle school because I was a fat, geeky nerd. So I read a lot of encyclopedias. I had the world book encyclopedias um, back when encyclopedias were not online. And I really gravitated toward history and geography and the arts. My father was a man from, from a meager background. His father, my grandfather, worked the highways in Mexico. He was just a highway construction worker. But my father was pretty gifted, so he got into a Jesuit school at a young age because they recognized, I guess, his intelligence. And because of that, he got the equivalent of scholarships and eventually got into medical school in Mexico. But my father was really keen on teaching us the arts. So he taught us a lot about opera and classical music and art. And these are all things that I love. I love art. I'm a big fan of art history, partly because of my father, partly because I did also go to a Jesuit high school and they did teach us the arts as well. If you're not familiar, Jesuits are one of the religious orders in the Catholic Church. I went to a Catholic school. My father was an interesting man because he was pretty steeped in what we would perceive to be today called conspiracy theories. Uh, so back in the 80s, the conspiracy theories he, he taught me were mostly about like Freemasonry infiltration into uh, government, the their roles of Freem esoteric Freemasonry into revolutions throughout history. He was a big fan of history. That's one of the reasons I love history. He would talk about the Freemason infiltration into the different churches and so forth. Fascinating man. He was a man with a lot of charm and a lot of gusto, very charismatic, but also, of course, had, had his own demons, as a lot of people did, especially from those older generations. My mother was, or is, I should say, because she's still alive, a, a woman who, the typical 83 year old woman, in that she has all her cognitive abilities, but she, she, and she can walk and so forth, but she loves to gossip. She's a big gossiper. And the woman never never knows how to whisper. So we would go to mass quite a bit when I was younger. And I just remember her always going, I don't like this priest. His accent from Vietnam is too strong. I don't know what he is saying. And she was just, just like no filter at all. So I grew up watching a lot of TV, playing a lot of video games. I had a Atari, Atari 2600, a ColecoVision, and I had the, the original Nintendo. And then in high school, I had the Genesis, the Sega Genesis. And I grew up liking two types of music. It was mostly, my two brothers were very different, or are very different. So my eldest brother was into new wave music. Uh, and so I grew up with his influence. He was 10 years older, he is 10 years older than I am. So I grew up with a lot of the British music. So we, we had a lot of Soft Cell, The Smiths, Thompson Twins, New Order, The Cure, um, Bronski Beat, a lot of bands that most people wouldn't know about that were being played 
in his room. And then my middle brother, the one who lives in Houston, would play just classic rock. He was into rock. So this was in the mid-80s, early mid-80s. So it was a lot of posters in our room because we shared a room together for some years of Motley Crue, of Rat, Scorpions, Journey, Queen, you know, just the classic American rock. And so I kind of grew up with both of those influences. And I still listen to both of those influences today. Eventually I got into high school, of course, and I was not the best student. Uh, and high school was not that great for me, though. One of the things I did in high school was Quiz Bowl, and I love Quiz Bowl. So Quiz Bowl is like Team Jeopardy. You might have seen this in Big Bang Theory in season one, where it, it's you're on a team of four people. They ask a question, you have to buzz in and answer the question before the other team did. And I was very good at Quiz Bowl because I have this just ability to remember things. So I was very good and I was like the history, geography, arts, Bible specialist. And I really love geography. So by the age of eight, I knew every capital in the world and the location of every country. I knew all the major rivers and mounds. I mean, I could just, it just, I was such a nerd, such a nerd. You could give me a year and I could tell you who was the, the American president, the British monarch, the Russian czar, the French monarch, if they had a monarchy at that time, because of course it was toppled, and even the Habsburg monarch. Not the Hohenzollern Prussian uh, monarchs, because I wasn't as strong with them, but that's how much of a nerd I was. But that was my outlet in high school, because I was a fat nerd. I did that. Get, get, get this. This is what I did in high school. I was chess team, bowling club captain, audiovisual club, and quiz ball. So yes, I was pretty nerdy. Eventually, I did lose my weight. I talk about how I did it in uh, the Confessions of an Obi Chad podcast, if you're interested in that. And it took me a year or two just to even get comfortable around girls. I was, I did have a girlfriend within the, I, my senior year in high school. I, by that point, I had lost it. And I did have a girlfriend. But I, you know, like with a lot of things, you just don't really know your, your, where you are in the, in the sexual market value. And... It took me some time, especially in college, to kind of adjust to that. Because when you lose a lot of weight, you, you because of your formative years, I still felt that I was a fat kid in a regular weighted person's body. And it took me time to adjust to that. So eventually I went to college and I was a pretty good student. I, I didn't go to frat parties. Uh, I, I certainly didn't go to parties in high school. And I've talked about this before. I think that this was kind of a blessing in disguise. Because since I didn't go to parties in high school and college... I never picked up any of those vices that you typically pick up in high school and college, like drinking, smoking. I mean, the back, back then, pot smoking wasn't super prevalent like it is now. And, and I didn't do any recreational drugs. So by the time I got to my early mid-20s, I didn't see any reason to drink. Also, I think it's because my father had a drinking issue. I think that kind of uh, gave me another reason not really to drink. And so I didn't join a fraternity. I was definitely of that mindset in college where, why do I have to buy my friends? But in hindsight, I, I should have joined a fraternity because of the networking. I was wrong. I was wrong. And I should have done that. So in college, I nothing really special happened in college. I got a degree in international relations. My father wanted me to be a doctor, and I was groomed by him to be the doctor. He would take me to the hospital every weekend. I would work in the morgue with him, playing with the dead bodies and all the tools and, and instruments that they use to cut up dead bodies. And uh, the first day of college, I changed my major to Undecided Humanities, and uh, that broke his heart. And 
In retrospect, he should have been like, Gregory, I'm going to cut off your college funding, go back to pre-med. But he didn't do that because I, I didn't pay for my college. And so I ended up getting a bunch of useless degrees because I loved history and geography. And he even told me, he's like, what are you going to do with these degrees? You're going to, you know, and I was like, whatever, dad. Of course, you know, the kid always knows better. So then eventually I graduated from college. I went to graduate school in Alaska. I went to the University of Alaska. Yes, Alaska does have a university. And no, it is not made up. Its campus is not made up of igloos. It is a reputable university. It's in Fairbanks. I was there in the, in the late 90s. And I really enjoyed my time in Alaska. Alaska is a fascinating country or fascinating state, I should say, even though it feels like a country. And you might ask, like, why did I go up there? Well, there's a couple of reasons. I hate heat. I hate heat. I'm one of those people whose bodies burns hot. So for me to be comfortable, I need the thermostat like at 63. At night, I put the thermostat at 63, 64. So I was like, okay, let's move somewhere where it's cold, so where it's as hot. Now, Alaska can get hot in the summer because the sun's always up. Uh, I was Fairbanks is right below the Arctic Circle, so we'd get like an hour of... I would even say the sun going down was like pretty much less like twilight. But yes, it can get cold there. But I loved Alaska because of just the, the beauty, the, the wildness of the country, of the state, how there's no dams in the river. So it's just God's country, just a lot of mountains and hills. And I lived in an area of Alaska that's not what you would call the scenically beautiful part of Alaska, which is South Central Alaska, Southeast Alaska. That's the mountains and the waters. I lived in the interior, which is more hills and so forth. A lot of gold panning in that area. I was lucky enough to do a lot of trips uh, during that time. At that time, I was with my ex-wife. We were engaged. We were dating. and We were not engaged yet. But I did drives to the Yukon. I, I drove up to the, the Arctic Ocean. Uh, just a lot of fun adventures that I did at the time. Eventually, we left Alaska and we moved back to Texas. And when I was in Alaska, I also did College Bowl. So it's the college equivalent of Quiz Bowl. And we did very well. We had a bunch of, you know, Alaska has a lot of escapists. People want to escape. So we had a team made up of like a lot of non-traditional students. In other words, 30-something students who just knew a lot of things that lived in a cabin with no running water. So our College Bowl team, uh, we won our regionals. In 99 and 2000, we were in the same region with the University of Washington, University of Oregon, Oregon State, Washington State, a lot of those, and a lot of like prestigious uh, universities in the Pacific Northwest, and we beat them. We went to the National College Bowl Tournament. And one year, I think we finished 10th out of 15th, but it's not bad for being University of Alaska. Either way... During this time in the 90s, when I was in college and in graduate school, I loved movies. I was watching movies all through high school and college and graduate school. And in particular, in, in college, that's when I started turning more toward the Oscar movies. So I've talked about this with May. Like I, and this is where I met May. I met May in, in college. We went to the same college. And we, we hung out together, but I don't remember seeing a lot of movies together, but I would always make a concerted effort reading Premier Magazine, which was like the big magazine back then, before Entertainment Weekly got big, of like, oh, this is supposed to be an Oscar favorite, let me go watch that. So in the mid to late 90s, I would say more in the early to mid 90s, by the time the Academy Award nominees came out, I had seen the majority of them. I was really into the artsy movies, in addition to the commercial flicks as well. When I moved to Alaska, uh, I had less access to it because in, in Fairbanks, we had one movie theater. 
But at that point, we had VHS, we had Blockbuster, so I'd still go out of my way to try to watch as many movies as possible. And because of my eidetic memory, I was able just to remember a lot of things about a lot of stuff. Eventually, my fiance and I at the time moved back to Texas and we got married. I was living in Austin in the early, I guess the mid-knots, so 2003-ish to 2006-ish. Around this time, uh, Austin was the big hub of conspiracy radio. So Alex Jones, for example, back then Alex Jones was, he had a radio show, but he was just recently off public access television in Austin. He was not nearly as famous as he was now. But in Austin, they had a conspiracy theory radio station that I would listen to. And that's where I started learning about medical conspiracies. It wasn't necessarily through Alex Jones, but there were there were other people that would have shows. There was a guy named Stanley Monteith. He had a show called Radio Liberty, and and his stuff was more, I, I would say, less clickbaity than Jones. But there were a lot of variety of people that I, I listened to, and this is when I started learning about medical stuff, medical cover-ups, the importance of vitamin D, the importance of vitamin C, Linus Pauling, and just a wide variety of things. And that's where I first got my taste of holistic health. Then let's fast forward 10 years. I had a couple of kids. My wife and I at that point were divorced and I decided to start a podcast. And look, I am not computer savvy at all, but the woman I was dating with at the time was pretty computer savvy. And I told her like, you know, I want to do a podcast and this is 2016. So, you know, it was, there were certainly podcasts in 2016, but it wasn't, it was before every Tom, Dick and Jane needed a podcast. Yes, I am a Tom, Dick and Jane. But what I'm saying is like now every celebrity, every comedian, everybody has a podcast. Back in 2016, it wasn't that way. I, Hollywood and the agents there hadn't realized that they can monetize uh, their celebrity agents by just pawning off their own shows and make money off of it. So she helped me with a Mac computer on how to, how to create it and I'll always be indebted to her. And so I started Confessions of an Obese Child. That was the first feed I had, and that was in January of 2017. If you go to eclecticogregorio.com, you can go through, at the top of it, I have a like a rolling uh, slideshow of my articles. And if you click left on the first one, it'll go to the very first article I wrote there, which I think was in 2016. So originally... Uh, and it's still called naturopathicearth.com, but I have like three different names I used to feed into it. One of them is the Eclectico Gregorio, which is Gregory the Eclectic, essentially in Spanish, in a corrupted Spanish. So I started doing podcast episodes on what it was like growing up overweight. So if you if you've ever listened to those or not listened to those, they're kind of just they're kind of vignettes of different episodes in my fat childhood and me talking about it. I wrote a blog about it, and I eventually wrote a book about it, and then I eventually wrote another book called Revelations of a Weight Loss Warrior, which chronicles how I lost the weight. And later that year, in 2017, I started the second feed, which at that time, and I have to check, I think it was called Naturopathic Earth Radio, which is today The Awakened Man. Now, The Awakened Man, we'll just call it The Awakened Man for now has had like five names. It was a naturopathic earth radio because the website was naturopathic earth or it is. And then I think I changed it to occult, occult news radio, occult health radio. Thinking occult means like hidden. 
but I didn't really think that most people would think that maybe it's like Black Arts, Anton LaVey, Church of Satan health topics. So I changed that name and then I went to Holistic Health News Radio for quite some time. I think that was the name for about two years. And then I changed it to The Awakened Man about two years ago, three, maybe two, three years ago. Because at that point, I had created a third feed called the Female Essential Oils and Herbal Apothecary. I think that was the name of the third one. And that was started in 2017. And that feed still exists. All these feeds still exist. That one was a, a, a platform for my ex-fiance to talk about essential oils because she liked about essential oils. She was the one who helped me create the podcast. And if you go to, now it's called the Female Holistic Health Apothecary. You can go to the first four episodes and you will hear her episodes. And if you go to the early episodes of The Awakened Man when it was called Naturopathic Earth Radio, you will hear her voice because she does a couple of episodes with me where we talk about like what to take out of your fridge and what to replace it with and and so forth. And so if, if you look at the mindset in, in those early feeds and in the blog articles that I wrote and all the recipes I wrote, because I would say from like 2018 to 2020, I was writing a recipe a day on, on naturopathicearth.com. It's mostly staying away from middle aisle foods. If God didn't make it, don't eat it. Kind of a, a paleo worldview of eat foods that are found naturally in, in the world. And I don't think this is shocking. So produce, of course, clean meats, clean fish, wild caught fish, and so forth. And then dark chocolate and some things that are not purely paleo. Uh, we talked about that. I talked about the importance of fasting and important, the importance of, of not having food laden with toxins. So if you look at the early feed of, again, The Awakened Man, which was originally Naturopathic Earth Radio, it's a lot of episodes on the dangers of fluoride and the dangers of plastics and the dangers of parabens and a lot of things like that. And talking about superfoods and a lot of just kind of the paleo world, the importance of fasting. And then around after my fiance and I broke up, I took over the essential oils uh, episodes and I, and I did essential oils, even though I don't really know much about essential oils, but there's probably like 60 episodes on individual essential oils. If you want to know something about how to use rose essential oil or neroli or patchouli, there's an episode for you. So around 2018, I decided to change the uh, Holistic Health Radio to The Awakened Man and make it more man-related. And at that point, I decided to make the essential oils uh, feed female health-related. And so many times, if you are a fan or a longtime listener of this, you'll see that I'll do episodes that are concurrent on both The Awakened Man and on the female holistic health apothecary because it might be a topic on some drug cover-up or something about fasting or you know something that is relatable and applicable and germane to both men and women then around uh, the beginning of this year i decided to do the movie podcast and why did i want to do a movie podcast because i love movies and i have a wide variety of interests like would i love to start a history podcast or a history YouTube channel or something on geography or soccer. Yeah, but I mean, that that market is super saturated. And this is not to say that movies, podcasts are not super saturated. They are exceedingly super saturated. But I just wanted to talk about movies. And not just movies, because if you look at the cinema rag, it's, it's a combination of, of gossip and I would say somewhat cinephiliac stuff. So we do have retrospectives on actors. And then you have that next to... Are these Hollywood marriages going to survive? So it is a little trashy gossip 
but it's also just, I think it's just an outlet to talk about my love of movies. And I thought about May because May is really one of two or three friends that I know that know movies well enough to talk about it. And since she was a lifelong friend, I was like, hey, you want to come on and do this? And originally the plan was for every episode to be both of us. But given that both of us live in separate towns, it just wasn't tenable at all. And that's why we were, we kind of just agreed just to do the Wednesday episodes. And so we do the Wednesday episodes. And uh, that's pretty much up to today. Yeah. So uh, Cinema Rag, we do five episodes a week. That's probably going to continue indefinitely. I already have episodes queued up to October. And The Awakened Man, early on, I was doing three, four episodes a week. And since more probably for the last year and a half, it's only been an episode a week. And certainly with the Cinema Rag getting geared up. Um, I do want to do maybe two episodes a week eventually. And Confessions of an Obi-Shan, a Femaleistic Health Apothecary, I do maybe a new episode over there once a month. It's 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 somewhat neglected. And I don't really write a lot of recipes anymore. But look, my website, naturopathicearth.com or kletchkogregorio.com, it's the same website, has a thousand pages. So I get lots of emails from Roto spammers. Hey, you should have this person on to talk about this. Da, 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 da. It's a large it's a large website, and I take pride in the fact that, I mean, every article there, I've had some guest writers, but are written by me. You know, it's 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 a depository of information, and I just take pride in that. I have all these recipes and articles and podcasts, and it's just a hobby. I don't make money out of any of these things. It's just something that I find time to do. And would I like to make money? Sure. Would I like to have an advertiser pick up one of these things? Absolutely. Um, but I'm just, that's not really in the cards. Uh, for me, I think overall, The Awakened Man in its six, seven years does have a lot of listens, 1.3 million, I think, total. But understand that that's not necessarily a lot when you've cranked out a thousand episodes. So it's not as much as you think. But either way, it's a hobby that I do. And there's just a lot of, of range of topics I like to talk about. And I, I do appreciate you patronizing this in any way, shape or form. The best way to patronize it, of course, is to listen to it, but also post a review on Apple or Spotify because it does help with the algorithm. And even though The Awakened Man has been around seven years, six, seven years, it doesn't hurt. I think I have like 400 reviews over there on Apple at least. And on Spotify, you can post comments. So Spotify is like YouTube. It allows you to post comments. So if you want to reach out to me, ask a question, suggest a topic either on the movie podcast or on The Awakened Man one, post something on Spotify or post something on, on Apple as well because I do read those reviews on occasion. Guys, I appreciate you spending time getting to know me. Oh, lastly, I do have children. <laughs> I think I mentioned that. I do have children and uh, they're awesome. They range from 12 to six years old. All right, guys, thank you very much. Until next time, take care, God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.